the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. Do you, na- do you know the name Lavarenti Berea? Lavarenti Berea, you probably know his most famous quote. He was the most ruthless and longest serving police chief, secret, secret police chief of Stalin's Soviet Union. And he bragged that he could, as you know where this is going, prove criminal conduct on anyone, even the innocent. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime is the phrase he's most remembered for. And he became part not only of the Stalin regime, but um, his ethic and ethos lived on throughout the Soviet Union's reign of terror. And if you read what President Joe Biden said about the fight on behalf of Ukraine in a State of the Union address earlier this year and all the declamations against Vladimir Putin and Russian uh, foreign policy, you would think that Joe Biden actually opposed and despised that kind of totalitarianism, that kind of tyrant. But what you have here now and what has been becoming more and more evident and imminent is an entire regime in Washington, D.C. that can be defined by two words, undue process, undue process. I take that phrase as the title of a book from Elliot Abrams. I don't know how many of you may or may not remember Elliot Abrams. He was uh, first made famous in 1986 and 1987 as as an assistant secretary of state for Ronald Reagan involved in the Iran-Contra affair. And the book he wrote about that was called Undue Process. The subtitle might be more important, a story of how political differences are turned into crimes. A story of how political differences are turned into crimes. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. And you think about Iran-Contra and what was involved. And I don't want to walk us all the way down that memory lane again. We don't need to right now except to say that it was over a piece of legislation, funding legislation known as the Boland Amendment, which no one understood and yet which the Democrats thought they could nail. Elliot Abrams and Casper Weinberger and Richard Pearl and Ronald Reagan and Oliver North. And you remember all those names. Of course you do. But they thought they could take this vague rider to a funding piece of legislation and use it to criminalize the politics and the foreign policy of the Reagan administration. And it led to what these kinds of things lead to, the intimidation the implied intimidation and 
efforted bankruptcy of people who deign work for Republicans, who deign work for the uncouth and the unpopular conservative movement. But that's where we are right now when you think about it. We are turning political differences into crimes. And it makes one wonder, if we're doing that, what kind of credibility Joe Biden has to talk about Vladimir Putin next time he decides to reengage interest in what he said was the fight of our lifetimes, the fight to liberate Ukraine from Vladimir Putin. Over at Issues and Insights, they write, eschewing persecution and prosecution of previous leaders was an unspoken rule that from the founding of the Republic went hand in hand with the peaceful transfer, transfer of power to which even Donald Trump acquiesced. What kind of government and despotic leader would feel the need to countenance such all out assaults on political opposition that we have been seeing against Donald Trump and those who used to work for him? How about the devil with whom, according to the now perpetually prevaricating Democratic media complex, Donald Trump supposedly maintained a dalliance. Joe Biden has gone beyond dalliance. Of course, we're talking about Vladimir Putin. Beyond government by decree and furtive build back room dealing to ram through far reaching transformations of America's very nature that has also also never enjoyed a whisper of affirmation from the American people. Joe Biden has become Vladimir Putin on steroids. Like his Russia, Russia, Russia counterpart and predecessor Uncle Joe, the, the, the Delawarean is deploying the crushing weight of the media, security services, and his justice ministry to harass, humiliate, isolate, and inculpate his political opposition and thereby consolidate his and his corrupt regime's tenuous hold on power and tenuous it is. They read the same polls you read. Don't think for a minute that the Mar-a-Lago massacre wasn't the faux president's handiwork. Stipulated, the fake commander-in-chief's command of reality and that of his own White House staff seem as feeble as any since Woodrow Wilson, and agreed his government's actions have been consistently outside the institutional norms it swore to uphold, not to mention frequently illegal and even unconstitutional behavior. Nevertheless, it is even it, it, it is inconceivable that even Attorney General soccer mom stalker Merrick Garland would dare to sick federal shock troops on a former president without the big guys. Okay, don't you think? With this break from tradition and propriety, it's clearer than ever that Biden and his anti-democratic party will do everything within and beyond their power to ensure. Their opposition, and especially Donald Trump, don't retake power in 2022 or and 2024. As we've seen with the January 6th defendants, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump from illegitimate election protest to political persecution to unlawful arrest to political prosecution to unlawful imprisonment and worse. And it's even clearer What Republicans at every level from local dog catcher to congressional minority leaders must do at the very least bring this government screeching to a halt until every senior official from the FBI to DOJ to the Department of Homeland Security resigns and Biden renounces any intention to further prosecute President Trump. Better yet, 
as suggested previously over at Issues and Insights, it's important to remember what Ronald Reagan said about freedom. We give it lip service, that it's a fragile thing, never more than a generation from extinction. That last part, however, is the most important. Those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again, have never known it again. Think about the road we're going down. Now, we have an election in about three months, an election in about three months. We have watched in primary after primary in this state and in other states, a kind of reinvigorated, newly puissant Republican Party. A newly reinvigorated, a newly invigorated and, and, and newly powerful Republican Party and series of candidates that are telling us their first rule, once they're in office, will be something akin to nothing like before. Nothing like before. The times have changed. Our situation is new, Lincoln said, and so we must think anew. We know where we're going without Republican opposition. We know where we're going without a Republican majority. I have a suspicion most Republicans who have been elected in this primary season have an idea as to where they want to go. It better and best start with the same kinds of hearings Democrats have subjected Republicans to, except it needs to be bigger, it needs to be more widespread, it needs to be more wide-serving, it needs to reach deeper into the trenches, and the committees on oversight, and the committees on intelligence, and the committees on justice need to hire Bigger and bigger staff as if it were the IRS, because these places, these institutions need an audit, a major audit with consequences, serious consequences. The American people don't need to be audited. Their government does. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. For those of you looking for a remarkable and unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. What they are offering is a fixed, no-load interest rate, up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence-proof firm run by really good people who are doing very well by helping others, and you can be to. They are investors who do well by doing good. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com. Or you can call them at 855 316 3087. That's 855 316 3087. They're a local company. You can visit them. You won't get any kind of pitch, they'll just tell you about what it is that they do. And let it speak for itself. Charles Cook has an interesting piece over at National Review. He says the opinion on the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago, around which many in the media seem quickly to have coalesced, is that it was indeed a dramatic and norm-breaking event. 
but that this fact implies that it must therefore have been warranted. They wouldn't do it if it weren't warranted. On CBS, Major Garrett confirmed that such action, quote, is without precedent in American history. A former president of the United States now subject to a search of his primary residence by the FBI, close quote. The political playbook describes it as, quote, the most aggressive law enforcement action ever taken against a former American president, close quote. BBC notes, quote, there has never been any search warrant quite like this in American history, close quote. In response, the most prominent among the pundits seem to have responded, and that's just how bad Trump is. On CNN, George Conway said, quote, they've crossed the Rubicon here. Not even Richard Nixon's house in San, not even Richard Nixon's house in San Clemente was searched by the FBI. And then he said, quote, you have to conclude there's something behind the curtain that will surprise us, close quote. David Axelrod tweeted, quote, one thing is very clear. Garland would not have authorized this raid and no federal judge would have signed off on it if there weren't significant evidence to warrant it, close quote. This seemed to be the takeaway on most of the cable news shows, too. Missing, though, is really the second part of the thought. Namely, what if it isn't true? George Conway says the FBI has crossed the Rubicon, but that must be because there's something behind the curtain that would surprise us. Okay, but what if there is not? Then what? We should like to hear his thoughts. David Axelrod said that, quote, Garland would not have authorized this raid and no federal judge would have signed off on it if there weren't significant evidence to warrant it, close quote. Okay, but what if they did? Then what? We should like to know what Axelrod thinks that means. If this was so obviously justified, Conway, Axelrod, and company will be able to sit back and say, see? But as Charles says he's written before, there's nothing per se wrong with investigating presidential candidates so long as it's done even-handedly. And if Trump committed a crime for which others in a similar position have been prosecuted, then he should be charged. But what if it wasn't justified and the FBI crossed the Rubicon without cause? What happens next? Do we just move on as if nothing ever happened? Let me pause for a moment and parenthetically just suggest this notion for a second, if I might. Just this notion for a second. Has the FBI and the Department of Justice, in its prosecution of people who are political players, given us confidence that they should be given the credit and the decency of the doubt? Should they be given it? Should doubt go their way? Should they be given that? Have they earned it or have they not? The benefit of the doubt first and foremost, almost never goes to the government by default, almost never goes to the prosecution by default. That's why they have to prove their case and why criminal defendants are presumed innocent. Take that notion and now add it to this Department of Justice and this FBI and ask if the benefit of the doubt has been warranted to them, even given the ordinary, usual mistrust or at least need to prove the case that is the burden the government almost always has to carry. The political playbook quotes a lawyer saying, quote, if they raided this home just to find classified documents he took from the White House, he will be a reelected president in 2024, hands down. It will prove to be the greatest law enforcement mistake in history, close quote. 
That's a useful yardstick. It contains a specific and testable definition of unjustified. Just to find classified documents he took from the White House. It contains a judgment that utilizes that standard. It will prove to be the greatest law enforcement mistake in history. And it contains a prediction. He will be reelected president in 2024, hands, hands down. I would like to hear a similar specificity from others who have suggested that the raid must have been justified. What in precise terms does justified look like? And if the raid was unjustified using those terms, then what should happen to the people who enabled it? Should Merrick Garland resign? Should the judge who signed off on the warrant be impeached? Should the FBI be reformed? Should Joe Biden, who is at the head of the executive branch, be blamed? What would it say about the federal government? Let's go back for a moment to what I was saying about the Iran-Contra hearings, 1986-1987. They wanted to get it all the way up to the president. They wanted to get Ronald Reagan out in his last year or so of office. And those, by the way, prosecutions of people like Poindexter and uh, McFarlane, who recently passed away, and North, those, and Cap Weinberger, those prosecutions and inquisitions carried on after Reagan left office. They went on and on and on. Charles Cook says, I'll lay out my own views as best I can. And they are these. The warrant must be made public. It's now been several days since it hasn't been. That as the head of the executive branch, Joe Biden must explain to the country what happened. Yes, it is Joe Biden's job to do that. The DOJ is not some free-floating fourth branch of government. He staffed it. It's under his, the president's purview. That for the raid to be justified, the warrant and the explanation must clearly reveal, A, that there was an urgent need to obtain evidence that pertained to a serious crime, B, that this evidence could not possibly have been obtained by other means or on another occasion or without a surprise visit, and that, finally, C, if the target was not named Donald Trump, a similar operation would have been launched. Does any of that sound like it abides to you? Often... The justification for these kinds of seizures is the worry that the evidence will be destroyed. They knew Donald Trump wasn't even there. He couldn't destroy it if he wasn't there. So what is the justification? We'll have more to say about all this. And Brett Johnson's going to join us in just a little bit to walk us through some of the legal thoughts as well. I'm Seth Leibson. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show for our culture and economy update. We turn to John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. He has his own radio show here every Saturday morning, The Word on Wealth, 7 a.m., bright and early. John, how are you today? Fantastic. Thank you, Seth. John, walk me through what we learned today. You were talking about this would be a big news day when it comes to the Consumer Price Index, or known as the CPI. Mm-hmm. Walk me through what we learned today. It looks like it, it, it helped uh, push the markets up a bit. It did. We did get the CPI report which uh, for July, which rose 8.5%, which is still high if you think about it year over year, right? So from a year ago in July 
to today, this July, it rose 8.5%. That's still an incredibly high number, still in that 40-year high number, you know. Uh, but it was less than what was expected, which was 8.7%. So that at least is an indicator maybe that uh, what the Fed has been doing by raising rates is slowing the economy down enough on uh, creating less demand to where we're starting to see maybe a top for this uh, in, or peaking for inflation. If that's the case, that's good. Uh, still very high, and we need to get it down much lower. Still a lot of work to do. But that was a signal to the markets today that it's very possible we're, we're at that point to where it's possible we'll have a, uh, maybe a softer landing than many expected. Is this one of these cases right? So when we talk about the, uh, what was it, 8.5% higher than the year yes. before, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we're, we're – we're, we're happy that it was 8.5% and not the 9.1% that June showed us as the year before, right? Right. Is this one of those, you know where I'm headed, one of those situations where it's the reduction in the increase that we're celebrating and calling a cut here, kind of, a little well, bit? Well, I think President Biden actually said we had zero inflation this month. <laughs> okay. So, All right. All right. The, you know, the math, I guess it depends on who's doing the math. And, of course, there's different types of math nowadays. So, um, yes, right. Okay. I, I caught that. Yes. But the headline for those who are, um, I guess not reading Biden's talking points, uh, and I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal here, is that consumers in July, in fact, did pay more to eat, right? Yes. Uh, the food, uh, food shortages mm-hmm. and other goods and services, including, um, medical care and new vehicles and household furnishings, still higher than they were a year ago. Right? And the biggest reason for this decrease, Seth, is really energy. It's yeah. going to be oil, yeah. right? Yeah. And gas. So that, that really is the, the, the main, um, reason that this is lower. Could, because food costs have gone up and some other things have gone up. But, you know, collectively, uh, it, it has been, um, you know, it's a lower number than what was expected. Not by much, two tenths of a percent. Uh, but it is it's a, that's positive versus if yeah, it was sure, higher than what, sure, what was expected. Sure, so sure. we have to take at least that into account. Yes, of course. But it's still way too high. Uh, consumers are still feeling this pressure, and we need to get this under control. I was reading a new survey put out by the uh, National Federation of Independent Businesses (NFIB) mm-hmm. uh, to those who may recognize the acronym. And the small business owners in America are still very nervous and very cautious. Um, the, a lot of uh, more than half of them raised all their prices last month, right? Um, and a lot of them are thinking that um, you know this is going to be the case for probably another six months, based on the polling there. Yeah, your sense. I know we can't we can't hold ourselves to these predictions, but if small business owners are still nervous. That's really the engine of employment, isn't it? That should make us a little nervous. Definitely. And I would say this too, Seth. There are a lot of small businesses out there that are just barely holding on right right now. And, you know, if if these... these things don't get taken care of sooner than later. I mean, they've done everything they possibly can to hold on, but there's still a lot of businesses out there that are going to fail uh, because of the current policies of this administration, and they're not really paying attention to that. Yeah. They're, they're just not. They've got their own agenda, uh, and they're worried about attacking the the rich, the wealthy, that uh, 1%. But you know, the policies that they're putting into place, I think if when we look down and look deep into them, it's going to affect everybody. It's not going to affect 
the wealthy as they are saying it will. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And, and you know, it is, it is kind of concerning when we are seeing some of our favorite places um, caught in between the skill and charybdis where, yeah. you know, they have to raise prices. Mm-hmm. The service isn't what customers expect or are used to, but the consumers are still, the customers are still going and being just, dis- I mean, it's a, it's a real vicious cycle for it these is. small bit. Yeah. It is. But, yeah. you know, what I look at, I'm trying to find ways for our clients to be able to help them uh, improve their financial situation Good. based on the investments that we can provide for them in the market. So, uh, GrandCanyonPlanning.com is our uh, company. Uh, securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Henry Sipic, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. John, that was a perfectly stated conclusion. Thank you, sir, <laughs> for everything. All right, I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As we do every Wednesday, we check in with our legal and constitutional expert, attorney Brett Johnson. He's a partner with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm based here in Phoenix, but with offices around the country, swlaw.com. Kind of a cool web address, actually. Brett Johnson, welcome back to the show. How are you, sir? Good, good, Seth. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being with us. Um, Brett, let me uh, walk, have you walk uh, the audience through some of your thoughts uh, from a, you know, a a uh, 50,000-foot view of what transpired at Mar-a-Lago. But let me start with this question. I've been asking others the same, if I could. What were your first thoughts when you first heard of this? I mean, just what was your first reaction given given the fact that you, you, you know the law, you have represented clients in these kinds of situations. What was your first thought about this? Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, that was yeah. my first reaction. Did and you it, really say, oh, my? Was it, oh, my? I think I, think I did say, oh, my. Okay. You know, it's one of, those, <laughs> right. one of those things where you, 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 you want to get on the TV real quick and kind of understand the context a little bit better, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and then, you know, as I sat there, even in the first few minutes, I said, uh, I, I thought to myself, and, and, you know, relying on my previous experiences, the amount of, of work and, and thought that would have had to go into this determination to um, request a judge to issue a search warrant for the former president of the United States, which has never been done before in the history of the country. So having been in the government and, and having had to go through multiple levels of approval, literally um, on, on sentence structure, which, you know, is always interesting, um, it, my experience just told me that, that the, the amount of levels and the amount of eyes that were going to be going on this was going to be extreme. And then I was very interested in, and actually I wish I could, you know, see the actual warrant yeah. and see the affidavit in support of it so I could give my own analysis to it. Yeah. So there's, there, there is a significant process behind this, and you always want to make sure, is the government dotting its I's and crossing the T's, whether or not they're going for, quite honestly, the former president of the United States, or, or you and me, or, the, or our family. So you're, you're always always kind of concerned where, where the government is going in certain respects. Yeah, that's right. And let's talk about that warrant for a second, because you're right. Uh, you know, you assume all the eyeballs, all the hands that would have been involved in this. It is interesting that it hasn't a leaked or in some ways been revealed but it's also to me at least interesting and i've been in this field in a long time but it's interesting also to me that donald trump and his team hasn't released it does does that raise an eyebrow with you 
It does, and because and they can't, that, they have they, they, they can't, yeah, they, they yeah, have it, yeah. and or or they should have it, and I and I saw some reports that that it might not have been provided to them, which as a lawyer would have been the first thing I would sure. have got on the phone to the assistant U.S. attorney who was assigned to it and said, first thing you're doing is sending me that order, and and there there are certain times, don't get me wrong, when when uh, search warrants are sealed for uh, because of investigatory issues, national security, um, there's a. Um, it, you know, there's special courts that are assigned to national security cases. So don't get me wrong, but usually those are those are handled, and and an attorney, especially if they have the correct clearances, would be able to have access to that and then be able to explain. Sure. So so no matter what, it could be under what's called a protective order. The the reality is is that we haven't seen that that has been done here, um, and so of course the you know President Trump and him, his uh, his office could have released the search warrant for everybody to see. The other thing, and I, and I have been in this situation multiple times after I left the government, is where clients have said, hey, listen, you know, I appreciate the search warrant, and, and the guidance always from a lawyer to, to a client is when you get that, that, that phone call and sometimes it's late or uncomfortable, it's like, cooperate. Mm-hmm. The first thing you yeah, tell your client sure. is cooperate, and, sure. when, and obviously that's what happened there. Sure. But the second issue is is that are there materials in there that quite honestly are privileged or protected or not necessarily subject to the warrant. So as part of a warrant, so everybody knows, there's a return receipt that lists very, very detailed everything that went there. So everybody's heard about these 30 FBI agents. Well, i got to tell you, half of them are what we call scriveners. You sure. know, somebody who's just sitting there with a clipboard yeah. and, and writing down. Um, I have seen reports, Newsweek reported, that it was a very specific warrant. It had very specific information as to what they were seeking, and that's more likely than not what they did. Because if I was the um, assistant U.S. attorney who was trying to manage this, and believe me, it's not being managed all the time in D.C. at this level when you're going in, I want to make sure that I'm going to be able to go back to the judge and tell a judge, you gave me permission to do X, and I only did X. Mm-hmm. Now, now that being said, um, it's clear black letter law that if they identify other um, material or records as to um, potential criminal acts that are outside the scope of the warrant, they're allowed to seize oh, sure. those items too. Sure. So, so we have to kind of keep into context. There's a lot of uh, legal issues going on with former President Trump right now, and, and so you always have to take that into sure. context when you hear hear a search warrant has been issued. Yeah, that's right, and that leads one to think that you know, I mean, any number of things. Uh, the mind reels the directions it could be sent here that that leads one to think this could have been a fishing expedition in that respect i mean they may have had these specified things but they were also hoping to find other things right i mean that, it could that, that's definitely the case yeah. i mean if um so the the issue here at least from from media reports we don't know for sure for sure so i put that caveat out there yeah. is that this was specific to what's called the a violation of the presidential Re- records act yeah. which you know every president has to turn over their stuff to the archives the archives allegedly found um, information that former President Trump kept classified information. Last time we had a deal with this was General Petraeus, right. Hillary Clinton, um, those those types of, of cases dealing with classified information that went outside of a government system, That's right? right. And, Jim and Comey, so, Sandy Berger. <laughs> Sandy, you can, yeah, go, you yeah. can go down the yeah, list. Yeah. There's uh, a long Libby, line Libby here. Yeah. There's yeah. a long line, both, yeah. both, both parties. Um, but, you know, if 
quite honestly, if you're going to keep records about one thing in, in a safe, you might be also, you know, there's a fraud investigation going on sure. by New York authorities. There's obviously the January 6th investigations. But that's where it's kind of surprising to me that we haven't seen a, a not a, I won't say a run, but a, a at least a trot into federal court to say, Judge, we want all of the material sealed until we get an opportunity to review what was actually taken and see if whether or not President Trump's privileges, whether as the former president, attorney-client privilege, or some other confidentiality or privilege requirement may be applicable here. So because that hasn't been done, I've I got to tell you, I bet I bet uh, the, the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed because yeah. there's just too much at stake otherwise. Well, could I do this? Can I keep you for one more in my brief segment? My Because I, I, I would love to get your quick thoughts, if I could, and the audience I'm sure would as well, on what if T's weren't crossed or I's weren't dotted? What if this was a lousy or a politically charged thing that doesn't have a basis to it at bottom? Could we talk about what remedies there may or may not exist to someone like Donald Trump if if that is determined to be the case. Can we talk about that for a quick second on the other side of the break? Absolutely. I appreciate that, Brett. Thank you very much. I'm Seth Leibson. He is Brett Johnson from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm. Just great attorneys. He is, man, he's the best I've ever worked with. I'll tell you that. I love the guy. Uh, you can't do better than Brett Johnson. And he will join us blessedly when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have Brett Johnson with us from the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. Brett, talk about remedies. What if this thing turns out to be, I don't know, whatever the word is, baseless, uh, if it is, if it is, if it is a, a bad warrant, if it was a bad, a bad search and seizure? What does someone in Donald Trump's position have available to him as a remedy? Yeah, and um, thank goodness in the United States, a, a lot, okay. right? Um, and unfortunately, time is is always the issue when you're dealing with uh, with judicial issues because uh, the wheels of justice, rightfully or wrongfully, um, they they work slowly in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, and, and to give everybody an analogy that was actually in the news right recently was the um, the search warrant that was for Breonna Taylor in Kentucky, um, right? Right. In, exactly. Right. And and actually, the the, the officers, not the officers, officers that, that went in pursuant to the search warrant, but the officers, the detectives that issued, that basically swore out the affidavit to the judge, um, you know, after, after it was all said and done, they went through that uh, affidavit with a fine-tooth comb, and every single inaccuracy um, was was brought to the attention, and now those officers who swore out that affidavit are under criminal prosecution. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the highest one is that you swear out an affidavit, and it causes uh, um, um, problems. Then there, there's, it's a criminal issue, and, it, and unfortunately, or fortunately, but you know, it, society is is what it is. Um, it, it does happen, right? There's yep. there's a lot of reasons sure. for that. Sure. So you have to be be uh, be cognizant of it, and as a as a good defense counsel, you um, the defense counsel are are, are constantly looking. Why is it's so important to to first attack the search warrant, and I, and I use that in a figuratory lawyer term, like go go after the search warrant, which everybody should want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to protect to protect your rights, is because if that search warrant gets it gets tossed, gets thrown out, all of the evidence. Yeah that was collected pursuant to that search warrant is also technically out. Right. In addition, 
you know, usually investigations don't stop the moment the search warrant is gathered and you just put it all into the evidence locker and you move on. No, the investigation continues. One piece of evidence leads to another piece of evidence. And if you ever watch Law and Order, you're going to know exactly what I'm going to say. It's called the fruit of the poisonous tree. So document A led to document B and C. If document A is out because it was violation of the Fourth Amendment of the United States Constitution for unlawful search and seizure, then B and C are also out. Unless there's a few exceptions, obviously, if it would have been found anyway or through a different source. But prosecutors are really, really concerned about that on a daily basis because that can technically ruin the case and impact the case as to whether or not you even bring charges. Because if you know that that's the case, a good prosecutor is not going to roll the dice yeah. um, on, a, on a bad warrant. Yeah. Separately, I, I mentioned criminal. I mentioned the actual criminal evidence getting thrown out. Separately, anybody in this situation can bring what's called a 1983 claim. Let me do this, Brett. Let me do this. I'm up against yep. it on the top of the news sure. hour break. Can, I, can we reserve 1983, 242, and all that for next week? You betcha. Uh, bless you, sir. Brett Johnson, thank you for that overview. Really helpful. And we'll do the civil rights violations next week. Thank you, Brett. Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. I'm Seth. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.